0: You are listening to Get Real Podcast.
1: Twenty twenty vision is a term used to express normal visual acuity. The clarity or sharpness of vision measured at a distance of twenty feet. Glenn, we're in the middle of a very interesting year, and it's twenty twenty. And there are a lot of things going on, and I want to kind of do an open face sandwich, sort of just we don't have to cap it off like we know everything. Oh a because... cart, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Sometimes no. there's like people have an expectation, especially in ministry, and the fact that we're not pastors and we're just guys here in front of microphones, um, it we we can do kind of open face. We can riff, right? Yeah. Let's and do it. today I really wanted to riff about some observations that I'm having. And in 2020, we're in the year of 2020. There is a lot of rumblings in the um, what do you call it? Um, cultic, esoteric, um, astrological.
0: The secret schools and society. Yeah. Yeah. in
1: Just in that background, this is a very, very special year. We've mentioned it before. There's an alignment of the planets that's actually quite rare. Um, Some anomalies that usually don't occur, but like once every 6,000 years or something like that. And there's a lot of different uh, things that God built into what is referred to as the sky clock. All these stars that are circulating like a clock around the North Star, Polaris. And there are like horoscopes. I'm not into horoscopes. For our listeners, listen, if you sit there and try to practice divination, you try to get some source, some spiritual source, other than the Holy Spirit or maybe an angel tells you something, other than by God's means, if you try to, like, I'm going to get myself into a passive state, I'm going to take a hallucinogen, I'm going to hang out in a sweat lodge for like 27 <laughs> hours straight and then come out and see my spirit animal. Or, or do
0: D all the above. Yes.
1: <laughs> that, that's just a normal Saturday hey, for me and Glenn. No. Other than the rollerblading incident. Um, <laughs> Don't talk about that, please. <laughs> Oh, Glenn! Making fun of you is one of life's <laughs> true pleasures. Yeah. Um, anyway, th- there really is no rotor bl- <laughs> <laughs> rollerblading incident. That was good off the cuff, though. It good. was. It yeah, was. But was it's, it's also I, I've I've mocked you something about speedos and rollerblading <laughs> on numerous occasions, and it's never happened. People, I'm sorry to defame my, my brother here. Well, there's all these different things, and there are things within the knowledge about the sky clock and Polaris. Here's what I was saying before ADD and humor kicked in, was the sky clock. God set the the stars in their courses above, right, as that wonderful hymn mm-hmm. um, talks about. And there is an uncanny accuracy in certain parts of astrology. I'm not into it, but I'm around people, friends, daughters, whatever, that I listen to, and it's like, you know, it's pretty weird that somebody is like, where were you born? What time were you born? What city were you born in? And then they're like, this should be his personality. And it's scary. It's very, very accurate. And so I'm like, I don't feel like I crossed a demonic line. Maybe it is. If you think that that crosses a line, um, email us. Give me your theological basis for it. Remember, this is open face sandwich. This is not Sunday morning, right? (laughs) And so I don't know what that means, but I do know that, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's like rock and roll. Oh, those chords together, that's wrong. It's like, really? Uh, all the math, all the the notes, all the frequencies, all that infrastructure was God. And you can't get away from it. You can try to pervert it, I guess. You could try to do whatever. But at the end of the day, even the ability to play two chords that some people like or don't like in sequence with one another, like the beat menace of the 80s. Oh, gosh, The beat menace was going to drive our children into, you know, I get it. Do I think there are certain beats that would be more sensual? Yeah. Yeah. But do they take over your body and make you go and, you know, um, no. So what I'm trying to say is there is uncanny accuracy. There's things we don't understand, even what we've talked about, the magi. Exactly. The Magi didn't have an angel tap them on the shoulder. They did, eventually, but what drew them out of Persia or wherever, right, they were into Zoroastrianism. Exactly. And they were fascinated by trying to read what God had said in the courses of the heavens. So if you think about it, there were ancients, the people that built the hinges, Stonehenge, And not only that, the secret society people that even organized, and I'm not, I brought my tinfoil I see it right there on the equalizer. Do I have to put it on? Okay, I'll put it on. (laughs) Um, The the reason I brought that with me is almost any time you go there, I'm like, look, people, if you look at an American dollar bill and you don't see the esoteric uh, background of everything that's on there, look at a map of the layout of Washington, D.C. Look at the 550 inches tall... Of the the um, uh, what is it the Washington Monument and fifty five point five width that's all six hundred and sixty six all of it so there there was information even the, the the Capitol building and the solstices and the rising and the setting of suns it's all laid out by like that so you can um you can have from modern day people that are into these things to the Magi in days of old with, with the birthing of the Lord, to uh, red-haired giants 12,000 years ago building structures and mounds that pointed out things in the heavens. There's something that is built into the sky clock that I think a lot of just westernized Christians either want to deny because they're like, that's demonic. No, God set that in motion. You know, you're itching. it's what you do with it. It's, OK, it, it's there we go. the
0: perspective of it. All that stuff is real. But if you look toward your horoscope as your guide, you're looking towards something else other than
1: God. Yeah, you're opening up. You're
0: opening up. If you're looking to the stars as your guide, you're opening up. Now, if you're looking at the stars as God's creation story and the story of redemption and for what God is going to do. Times and seasons. Times and seasons. That's all. Yeah. What is that song? (laughs) Turn, 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 turn. turn, Yeah. Uh, There is a season. season, Turn, turn, Yeah, there we go. I'm a little rusty today. Um, It's all there. And then you were mentioning about the dollar bill. Take a look at the dollar bill. It's like, oh, that's the all-seeing eye of God. No, not the God, not Yahweh, Jehovah, the Bible that's on the back of the dollar bill. Yeah. That is another God.
1: Well, I wanted to make that preface because, listen, I enjoy putting on the tinfoil hat. I question narratives, everything. I'm a jaded Gen Xer. I get it. Most of what preachers, doctors, lab coats, scientists, politicians, our whole life, you know, back when we were kids, they talked about global cooling. Uh, The sky's falling. Now they talk about global warming. They told us that eggs were going to kill you and salt was going to kill me. And the, the food pyramid was put out by the agricultural you know
0: society <laughs> yeah you know. whatever
1: and it's like got nothing to do with real logos about the human body epigenetics health wellness so almost everything has been such a load of bullcrap. i'm sorry i look at stuff and now i'm like do i think there's a weird esoteric cult that runs the banking and runs the world yeah i do do i think that if you look at nasa and look at when they do missions and it's based off astrology numerology and all these cultic beliefs so the year 2020 whether you believe that everything that we've just talked about that there is or isn't an uncanny accuracy having something to do with astrological positioning okay and how things unfold in the sovereignty of god i believe that there is but like i say this is an open-faced sandwich we're not trying to cap it off to tell you what you should believe but i'm not there's a difference you sit down, a bunch of kids are like, let's divine the future using a Ouija board. Let's commune with something from the other side that can give us information or enlightenment. That's dangerous. That's divination. That is demonic. That is the equivalent of having, you know, if you have a daughter. Well, you want your daughter to be protected and and, and cared for. You would not say, hey, put on some scantily clad something and go, um, go online and be vulnerable to like pedophiles and weirdos, right? When you go and do something like that, you go and just get deep into horoscopes or you get deep into messing with a Ouija board. You go sit down with Madame Cleo, <laughs> right? Psychic friends network. <laughs> Even that maybe nothing happens. Maybe you don't get taken over by a demon, but let me tell you, you just made yourself very attractive for exploitation. Yeah. and And we've talked about that before. What I'm talking about, and I had to sit there before we did this program and go, where's the line? And I was like, I don't exactly know, but I do know that the earth is and the fullness, everything, all the infrastructure is his. There is some fascination about the sky clock, about what's going on, about the positions of the heavens. Some of the ancients, Glenn, like in Egypt, they would build things in an arrangement, with an angle, and with an alignment, and it would look like a certain constellation. The
0: pyramids are built that way. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and do you know that it's not just that, it's actually like a massive time stamp, that if you look to the way they are, and then look at how they are now, being that we're in a different date, in a different position, that it shows exactly the place, the time stamped in the heavens, of when those buildings were designed and complete. Wow! So you can look at those structures, wow. and those structures are a living calendar, time clock. Look at the fascination: the Aztecs, the Mayans, the Phoenicians, the Sumerians, the 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 Egyptians, the um the 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 mound builders in North America, the the all over the earth. You have megalithic structures that were built with super precision. And all of them had something to do with the sky clock. And now what they did is what they would add, it generally would be demonic blood rituals that happened at certain seasons and certain times, I believe, being inspired by demons. I believe that there was a way to interpret it and look at it like the Magi did, that, whoa, God is doing something in the earth. And then there was a way to use those things to be empowered.
0: Well, look at what the demonic has done with the gospel
1: oh yes it's been perverted <laughs> three letters t what is it uh what is this station? What's the station what tbn yes that popped into my head <laughs> okay. instantly i'm sorry for that if but we no they somebody. take
0: everything that's of gods and pervert it
1: yeah
0: oh i'm gonna we're gonna pervert the gospel and make it another gospel and That's what you read, Paul, dealing with and contending with, and what we contend with today is we contend with another gospel.
1: Well, like I I talked about, how jaded I am as far as just the voices that there those voices that put on the suit and tie, holding the King James, and they were they were leading people astray. They're everywhere, and it's just like the the government and this and that. People are just saying things for their own benefit, and then you're like, whoa! But the Magi looked at the heavens saw some signs, and somehow knew how to interpret that there is something divine occurring here at this time. So that in itself is somewhat, it's not a biblical, I'm not recommending that all the Christians listening to us get into Zoroastrianism. I'm not saying that, but there's there, there's more mystery here than what westernized christianity there's more mystery there than the twangy preacher that gets up and caps everything off neatly and nicely with three points in a poem every week to you and just says this is what truth is anything outside this is a demon and you any you got to believe what i'm telling you and and i capture truth and i'm like no you don't buddy i'm sorry and i'm gonna still let the bible be as mysterious as the bible is that doesn't mean we're getting all crazy up in here that there's not doctrine, that there's not certain things that, no, dude, you don't mess with the blood. You don't mess with grace no. alone. You don't mess with a lot of those things. But there's a fascination and an excitement to know that, whoa, the same things these guys and these cultures and all these ancients have been fascinated by. NASA, fascinated by all the three the 33-degree Masons running NASA or that put together the United States. So my point was, I wanted to talk about 2020 vision,
0: which I don't have because I got my reader glasses on right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's 2020 vision. It kind of seems like a, a unique coincidence that in current vernacular, that an eye doctor, what is it, an optometrist or an ophthalmologist? I don't know the difference. Whichever one, eye doctor. I knew you would. I knew Glenn would know the difference. Way to be there for me when I need you. Um, that. 2020 vision is interesting, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it's the year 2020 that we're having this amazing celestial anomaly of this alignment that'll happen December the 21st through the 25th. It's something that only happens like every several thousand years. And that's
0: the winter solstice, too. It is.
1: And the, the interesting thing, I started thinking about 2020, and I knew before even COVID and all the insanity, even, I mean, all the... The the world economies just were put on pause, okay? I was telling my kids, I was like, look, twofold kind of understanding here. Even if you don't believe that God shows things in the sky clock that are going to occur, that you don't think that a planetary alignment has anything to do with what is unfolding in the world right now, you do need to understand that a lot of people do believe it. And that a lot of people that are in control of a lot. So there's tons of cultic people, deep, like scary, satanic stuff. There's people that are into global banking. There's, and they do stuff based on these dates. They yes. do sacrifices based on these dates and they do these things because, um, the enemy will give them a little bit of a Faustian deal. Yeah. The enemy looks at what God's doing. Is not omnipresent or omniscient. He didn't know everything, but he can interpret the times and the seasons. He's been around long enough to know these things happen in cycles. So he'll give somebody a little bit of information, a little bit of technology, a little bit of, you know, let me have a a disembodied Nephilim, like give you a massage and whisper a couple of hints and secrets in in your, your, your ear. And he'll let you know if you do this on this day. You'll be saying, "Hey, come and empower me. Come and bless me. Come and do this." And hey, man, many a rock star has gotten rich and yeah. drowned on their in their own vomit. Yeah. Many a politician has been like, yes, I'll win the election. Well, you're going to have to kill something and do some weird ritual and do it when the sun is coming down and do all this stuff. Or snake eye bear claw, join the secret society, get inducted to some weird thing, right? It gets creepy. That's complex. But it's been, but the the rudiment behind, that's what I'm trying to do. I, that's what I like to do is look at general patterns, ancient all the way to present day. The underlying demonic motivations, the underlying rudiments of man staring at the heavens and wondering about consciousness, creation, wondering about what God does and why, how to process the um, the avoidance of pain and the seeking of pleasure, how to uh, acquire Maslow's hierarchy of needs and beyond. How do I relate? horizontally to my fellow man and vertically towards the one that made me? How do I interpret this? And then being seduced either to go into what it seems like most of the ancients went into, and it had to do with, with uh, forget my fellow man, no to love, anti-love, it's for me. Let me make a deal with these unseen beings that have seduced me in, for power and for money. I will kill and destroy my fellow man. I will enslave my fellow man. I will go into banking that exploits my fellow man. I'll do these things. All of that. You don't think that in whoever it is at the Federal Reserve that is the one that gets to press the keystroke that creates phantom credits, phantom dollars out of nothing that appear for an international real estate banking deal, you know but it's money that didn't exist. Do you not think that there's like a swirl, whether they're going counterclockwise or clockwise? I just picture this like slow-moving group of devils that are like, yes, and then they punch that keystroke, and then these money is created out of nothing. The way to move, you can own people, you could take people's organs, you could... You could molest people. You could have sex slaves. If you have enough money, the whole world can be yours. That thing where um, the enemy was trying to tempt the Lord, yes, and say, "Look, yeah. all like this all these I'll kingdoms. give to you. Look at all this stuff." And there's a swirl central banking, and I believe the the people in control of that around the world are typically enslaved by this this sort of esoteric cultism that pervertedly and demonically uses the sky clock as their god. So 2020 is a year when the sky clock does some very unique things. So even if you don't believe in any of that and you think that's all voodoo, right? You're like, just nonsense. That's nonsense. You better believe that the people running stuff, the people running the currency you're probably spending, they do believe it. And they do things with numbers, dates, sacrifices, signs in the heavens, they don't do anything without encoding it into those things. So my point was, what is happening with the sky clock and what is God showing? So to me, it is not a coincidence. I don't even know. Do we even believe in coincidence? I have
0: stopped believing in that. I used to somewhat believe in them, but the more that I've been pursuing the Lord, I have just totally abandoned. So, hey, y'all, the co- concept coinky
1: of- Dink is out. Out. Completely. Sovereignty is in. Okay. Just want to let everybody know so you can keep up. Ooh, with I the, like that. Keep up with the glenners. That, that's a new t-shirt. It is. Kawinki yeah. Qu- Dink is out. out. That is so 2004. <laughs> Sovereignty <laughs> is in. You heard it right here on the Get Real podcast. <laughs> We're such trendsetters. We're fashionistas of doctrine. So the thing that I want to say is that Glenn, when I think about it, okay, there are certain things that do show that 2020 vision was a thing thousands of years. And that even doctors, eye doctors, adopted that, not just based off that 20-foot thing that I read a little bit about. It was more that there was some some symbolism even before that. And some of it was, was the coming together of the astral twins, this mirror reflection of these planets that are going to go in alignment and these twins would come together and they're looking at a mirror reflection of one another. There's a lot of that. I'm not going to get into all that. But prophetically, and I'm not claiming to be a prophet, but I'm sitting here looking at stuff and going like, do you realize what is happening around the world right now? So I'm going to start with one, China. China is paradoxical. China has a government that to me, and from what I've heard, and I know inside sources that live there, and I've spoken to them. China's government is evil, and they have done a lot of horrible things. They do horrible things to Christians. And then I know that when God looks down upon the earth and he celebrates his children, I think he has a special place in his heart for China. And there are probably more beautiful, faithful, holy, sweet, just, there's there's romance unto Jesus coming from the nation of China. So it's paradoxical in the sense that you have this evil evil government, the CCP. Well, they have been exposed to the world. They they own propaganda. They were moving into Hollywood. They bought half of our politicians lock, stock and barrel. The reason they have boomed for all these years has been essentially we sold ourselves out. We sold ourselves out because they bought our politicians. Well, China's being shown for now the whole world begins to see what they are. I'm like, whoa, that's interesting. And then individuals, all of a sudden, people around the world, when is the economy globally ever somebody hit the pause button? So you have all these men and women and people driving around. They're addicted like crackheads to global central banking the prosperity in a lot of parts of the world, and especially in the United States, it's like, yeah, there is no there is no season. It's just winning. It's a perpetual bull market. Yeah. The market just needs to go up and up and up. And we don't have any tolerance for reality anymore. If a politician is giving a speech to us, he better be saying, hey, baby, it's it's all let the good times roll. Summer will never end. Right. Right. You're going to be a snowbird, a snowbird. If you're not from the United States, there's people that are wealthy enough to have a house in Florida, but they live like, let's say, up in Connecticut or New York and they don't want to deal with the winter. They're tired of, tired of snuffling show, but they- Shoveling snow Snuffling, <laughs> shoveling shows. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm shoveling a show. Um, but, but they they can afford both. So you know what they do? They have perpetual summer.
0: So that's what that Anne Murray
1: song is about. I don't know Snowbird. that Snowbird. Oh, I should. Okay. Yeah. So snowbirds. So we have all become kind of snowbirds. So I thought about where are things being exposed? And I want to totally open this up because I've been hogging the mic. I want to open it up to you and let's analyze um, people that are driving around fancy sports cars. Suddenly they were like, I'm the man. They wake up in the morning, they get a cup of Joe. They high five the, the, the motivational eagle poster on their way out to just crush it, man, in business. And then all of a sudden they get the sobriety of, everything stopped. You, you don't understand. You're, you are now seeing that you were living in a bubble that abuse of central banking has created, and you just think, man, I'm crushing it in real estate. No, you're living in an artificial world that's being propped up by quantitative insanity Insanity, the pr- printing, and they're not even printing it. Phantom credits, a cyclone it's of just devils. digits somebody, on a computer. Digits on a computer. Somebody with a devil, or or at least the people with the devils say, print it, and they hit that thing, and it goes. Well, the world banking system is an illusion, and it used to be. Hey, used to be you would barter, right? Hey, you give me those potatoes, I will give you blade, right? Right. right. Very <laughs> you simple. Give me arrowhead. It
0: was real tangible substance. Of value, yeah, yeah.
1: I'll, I'll give you three uh arrowheads if you'll give me that bison liver right, right before it rots, and then we we make trade. Then it came into about of going like, well, precious metals are biblical, and people would be gold and silver, but that got a little scary, and it's too easy to steal. So then you had notes that were backed up, fiat currency that is at least backed up by the the king's treasure treasury, and we used to have gold in Fort Knox, right. And we had yep. something with that, and then they said, "Yeah, we can't really hang with the other nations. We can't fight global wars. What if we came up with something almost like a psychologically based currency?" So then it went to fiat currency that was backed on nothing. It's backed on nothing, but hey, maybe we have a big military, so people psychologically go, "Oh, that may be worth something." That 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 Benjamin, that 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 dollar, that green back is worth something because they have a lot of guns. I, I don't know, and now. We are at the insanity of what I call phantom credits. So things are being printed that really don't exist at all. Not even in a fiat sense, Glenn. We're living a lie. We're living a lie. So now think about the guy in his Porsche thinking he's all of that in a bag of chips. And now all of a sudden God allows 2020 vision with a shaking. And everything gets paused, and that guy sees that. whoa, what's going to happen with r- real estate? I might phone stop ringing. The, the money. and then there's all of a sudden a divorcing between the ego, yeah, and the outcome, yeah. And that guy thinks, no, it's because I'm the man, and now suddenly it's like, whoa. So there's an exposure. It's a dual exposure. Go ahead, you're itching. I know
0: some of our listeners with this current event of covid going on the world economy stopping and everything just basically shutting down there's a lot of question of who done it who's behind it who's behind all of this and really that's not the major concern that should not be the the what you're concerned about you should not get angry about this because when you started talking about the numerology and everything like that, I started to do some diving into God's numerology from scripture. Mm -hmm. And when you take the two digits, one and nine, which make COVID-19, it makes the number 10. The number 10, according to Hebrew tradition and Hebrew gematria, is the hand of God. Wow. So you're looking at the hand of God. So that's the who. That is the who is behind this. God has this... Sovereignty's in, man. Okay? Yeah. Sovereignty is in. It's God's hand behind this because he wants to show us reality, divorcing the ego.
1: Exactly. Well, think about about the duality of the exposure. That guy in his sports car all of a sudden begins to see personally that I am a guy in a very pleasurable bubble, and it's not me by magic. It's not all of my corporate skills, my abil- my sales ability, if, if, if all of a sudden the bubble pops, none of that exists. That divorcement between the ego and what is actually real, and God gives that person lovingly, pauses the world, get this, and it's almost like God saying to the whole world, be still and know that I am God. His hand. Think about it. Yeah. Number 10. Yeah. So God's hand, he pauses the world, and all of a sudden people in that pause— they're restless. So a lot of times people are either in the tyranny, the urgent, they're so busy. They're so, so winning. I mean, every day I got another deal. I'm going, I'm moving, I'm calling. And then when that all gets stopped, you have to deal with yourself. You have to deal with your spouse. You have to deal with the the echo in your own conscience. You have to deal with your own emptiness. You have to maybe pause and look at your reflection and, and be, be sobered by the, the amount of new wrinkles or whatever. You see the grim reaper in the rear view. You have to deal with questions of God. And so God is exposing that man, his ego, but also in general, the whole entire world the different countries of the world. Glenn, I was like, everything I looked at, I was like, whoa, this is all so much more clear that from China, looking like, what is China really like? With the World Health Organization embarrassing themselves with lying and telling people that masks don't work just so that they won't run out of masks? Or just everybody saying this stuff, and it's like, have you noticed that it's almost like, feels like it's impossible to get truth? Yes. God stops and pauses the churches Yes. All these churches, and a lot of them, are preaching nonsense. They're preaching something that was just just demonic, even.
0: They're preaching what politicians are saying.
1: Yes. Everything's
0: good. Everything's happy. Life, go be victorious. It's great. Go slap that eagle poster on the way out.
1: But it's all good, bro. Would, the, would the, the congregations, would they tolerate anything less? They want right. that. Yes. They got They're the itching ears. It. They got, got an itching ears. Ear. So, Glenn, think about it. Just different things. So, world governments— Systems of governments, individual people with whether it's greed or immorality or or families have had to come and deal and sort with problems. They've had to come in close proximity. Um, things that have been like in denial, almost anything that's being like covered up, is being exposed. I see it in my own life. I see it in my marriage. I see it in business. I see it everywhere around me. I'm like God is stopping the world. And giving 2020 vision all over the place. And it's his sky clock, it's his alignment. It's almost like the alignment of the planets, or like they are showing forth that, yes, sir, it's like a bunch of soldiers gathering in a muster. That's a good enough waiting for inspection, and they're gonna be, aye, Captain, we're doing exactly the course that you have set upon us. Wow. And with that, God is also exposing the men and women of Earth lovingly in our waywardness, in our meandering, in our delusion, in our darkness, but he's at least dealing with us in mercy to show us that, yes, you've been trusting in things other than me, this banking, this this world economy, this whole thing, it's been nothing but a bubble. It's nothing but an illusion, but yet you just believe it. Everything you say, he's going to take it away from you. And look, in a day and time where experts galore, leaders politicians, scientists, doctors, lab coats, they get up and without any conscience whatsoever, they will lie to you straight-faced, okay? I'm not an expert about economics. I'm not. I'm not an expert about not much. A couple of things, maybe. Uh, Making bad decisions. (laughs) I don't know. I have bad timing. But let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I do believe, around the world, if you're listening to me, I'm going to give a little extra. This is a disclaimer do what you think. okay? I could be totally wrong, but me, little old me, I believe that we're going into a deflationary cycle, a deflationary depression. I think it's going to be a little bit of a gradual slide over the next six, eight months, and then we're going to fall off the edge. I don't think it's going to be forever. I think it's going to clear out central banking and all of the abuse of debt at least for the, the United States, people that were envious of our economy, or maybe you're like, whoa, they do well. We've done well for a lot of years, but it's been the only reason that we've been doing well since 2008, 2009, is quantitative insanity.
0: And in 2008, 2009 was when we had the last economic crisis in the United States.
1: It never got solved. It never got solved. It was just a Band-Aid that
0: was put on it. And when you say deflationary depression... It makes sense because one of the things that, and I'm so glad that you've been bringing this up. And when we talked about it on the phone the other days, pieces of the puzzle in my mind started to go together because you take a look at how much pers- a person makes on average for a paycheck. It's not a lot of money. You know, you're talking what, 50, 60, $70,000 a uh, d- year,
1: depending on where, depending on yeah. where
0: you're at. How much does your car cost? How much does your house cost? How much of your paycheck is actually left by the time you're done paying your bills? Most people in the United States, the average people, common people like you and me, live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. The things that we have are so expensive. And you can't tell me that the car that I have, well, (laughs) it's not, not worth what what, what you pay for it. Right. That
1: this house that we're sitting in doing this is not worth what we paid for it. Sometimes when I'm sitting on my yacht, I sit there and get depressed living paycheck to paycheck.
0: But the prices of things keep going up. Yeah. But people's income is not going up. The average person, their income is not going up. And I've always wondered, how much higher is it going to go before it just deflates and explodes?
1: Well, uh, to me, and this is why I'm being bold enough to actually say it this way, is that for 11 years... In the background, there's like a humming noise. And it's a money machine and it's printing. Okay. Run it faster. Run it. Fa- if they even paused it briefly, the stock market would have crashed anytime they ask anybody that's in the market heavy. What if the fed stopped printing the phantom credits for one month? Would it lead to the market just deflating like a balloon? And they like they know it's true, but they've just gotten addicted to let the good times roll. So nobody wants to think about it. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. He's strong. It's got the illusion of strength. Here's the thing. When you print money and you create an artificial inflation so that the market, real estate, the stock market, they just keep going up and up and up. Well, those debts and that money will never be paid back. Okay? Mm -hmm. Biblically... There's some beautiful things that we understand about the Bible and how the Bible, even in the Old Testament teachings, was trying to show the children of Israel how to not get in this illusion, how to never go here. That's why there's a real Luciferian connection with central banking okay, and the demonic. There really is. There were prohibitions or at least moral negative implications concerning usury. There were very specific things that were put out concerning it. There were generalizations saying like, uh, neither lender nor borrower be, you know, kind of there were things that that were point in that sentiment. Right. Um, And there were also things like Jubilee and Jubilee was every seven years, debts would be abolished. There would be a clearing of debt. Now, you can go very, very deep into economic theory. And I'm not good enough to do that. And we don't have time to do that today. It's not my point. But if you have that filter in a society where usury is not acceptable enough, you know that there's gonna be debts and loans, and that's going to happen, okay? But we're gonna look at it morally in a mm, only in a bad case scenario do you do lending, and it's not the best. Okay, so that's the climate. So anybody that was like, yeah, man, I'm making money off loans and loans and loans and loans and loans. I thought about it. I used to be in an industry where I did that and where I was taking loans and giving loans. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I would do that again. So I'm not being puritanical and saying that lending or borrowing or whatever is the most worst thing in the world. But I'm saying there was a cultural implication in the Old Testament to the children of Israel about, yeah, it's not the best. But even then, every seven years, It's going to be jubilee, and all of that will be let go. The system that we're currently in, it is a debt-based economy That that is the power. The endless debt is the power to the bubble. So you can't do it. You could not do that with a seven-year jubilee. You would never go into these bubbles. You would never have any of these crashes the same way. That nation being run like that would go and have an economy that moved off of normally like the, the seasons. It would go into, to winter and, and or autumn and, or summer and autumn and, and winter and spring and, and, and summer. And it would go through normal seasons and you would never have the opportunity to get addicted to the utopian crack cocaine of the endless, what you call bail market. That's the, the bail market, market. Yeah. that just keeps going up and up and up and up. So endless magical money printing. United States is not the only country to do this, okay? Well, here's my point. The reason that I'm just saying this straight out is because you can only pump a bubble up so much. Here's what I believe may happen. Right now, we're doing what I consider to be quantitative insanity, okay? Well, they've paused the the world economy. The United States, I mean, every nation on earth, China, I don't know how we just pull out of this. Why? Because we were... With a thin bubble before, it was already precarious. Well, Glenn, here's what is probably going to happen. I think that we're going to start sliding. People are going to be like, no, Trump's going to stimulate at least the United States, and we're going to try to do this. And what is the solution? More debt, printing more money, printing more money. There's only one option, or really two. Either we just slide off the cliff into a deflationary depression, which can be good, I'm not taking it lightly that a lot of people would suffer, but it's going to clear out that debt. It's going to be so much worse. We should have let it happen. in the one back in 09, that was just buildup of two or three other economic uh, bubble popping. Yeah. But they, they avoided it, kicked the can down the road. What's going to happen, I believe, is they're going to say like, you know what, throw that money machine into cartoon gear. Okay, so it's going to get, you know how the coyote and the roadrunner kind of, Their world is a little bit different than our world. Like, a little. Yeah. You don't normally get clobbered by a boulder, but then have the luxury of walking away like an accordion, but you survive the event, or you're not going to bounce, you know, off the floor of the canyon, or, you know what I'm saying? They break the rules of physics. Our only option, at least the central bank of the United States, the Federal Reserve, is they've got to go into the boing, you know, world. So if it wasn't bad enough already, And I've heard estimates the level it will be geometric, the levels of money they will have to create out of thin air to try to make this one not slide into a depression. It's going to be a cartoon, Glenn. I don't think because at the end of the day, remember, it's psychological.
0: That's true. That's very true. 2020 vision. Everything we see,
1: all these big powers and battleships and the Wall Street and Manhattan and all this power. At the end of the day, guess what it was? Smoke and mirrors. And faith. It was just psychological. It's you either believe this is going to happen or you're not going to believe it. Well, a deflationary cycle is toxic to lending. Here's kind of what happens. People aren't, we're not wired to understand deflation because most of our lifetimes, have been during inflation, a little bit of inflation, you know, and it goes up, it goes up. When you go backwards, that means let's say you pay a $1,000 a month for a monthly payment for a house, right? And some of you in other countries, that may be an obscene amount of money translated into your currency. Here, in that's not too much money, okay? Um, What may happen is now imagine that out of nowhere, that $1,000 a month is more like, five thousand dollars a month the buying power of that to have to earn that amount of money it means that like when our parents were young they were like oh yeah you could go and buy a for a quarter you could get a cheeseburger a coke and a ticket to the movies and we're like hey when i was a kid gas when i was in high school gas was 79 cents a gallon yeah and now it's gradually you know it, it, it moves up prices move like that now imagine that you were sliding back to 1910 imagine a quarter being a dollar. Okay. And it's like, right now it's like, if you look on the floor of the bathroom and see a shiny quarter, you probably, whatever. Yeah. You're just like, give me that thing. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, you know, imagine a day when people would be reaching, grabbing a a A quarter on the restroom floor because it's now five bucks. And so it's, it's a different deal. So what do you do about it? Hey, God's going to have mercy upon his people. He gives us early warning. The things that I've heard from people that went to Harvard Business School and stuff like that, they've said, if you have non-strategic real estate, meaning if you own a home, you own a building, you own a business, it might be a good time to sell it and rent, meaning that if it's an extra house or if you have really good equity in it, now if it's paid for, there's a security in that. But with the opportunity cost of that is you're probably going to have to think about this fact. It will never, ever in your lifetime most likely be worth what it is right now. Especially in the United States. It'll never be... Your house is worth $300,000. It will probably be worth $120,000 two years from now. I That's where I'm... That's what I believe. That could all be wrong. I'm not somebody that's... I don't want to invest your money. I don't want to give you advice on that. But as far as me... It's as simple as what what goes up must come down. It has
0: to. That's just the law of physics.
1: And what is the opposite of, of inflation? It's only one direction. It is deflation. The other day, Elon Musk. Elon Musk has a very interesting relationship with what I would consider to be the beast. The, yes. the cult that runs the world. And hey, I told you about the tinfoil hat. Okay, you, you can just enjoy this for entertainment. But the other day, you know what he said? What's that? He said, and because there's an expression of being too on the nose, his persona, his brand, his character is too on the nose. It's too storybook. There, There's a narrative behind that guy. Okay. I feel the same way about Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, Facebook. I don't Absolutely. think he's organic. I no. think he was a project. I think he was put there, you know, whatever. Elon Musk, I think is a little more of a free agent but I think he's not, oh, I'm the whiz kid that can bore tunnels with high tech. I can make solar panels that'll blow your mind. I make cars that do zero 60 and 2.9. And, you know, I mean, he's like this whiz kid. I think that's an image. I think he's a smart guy. But the other day he said, you know what? Tesla's stock is inflated. And I think I'm going to sell everything that I own. I think that's a little, I think that's a little, uh, signal little whistle. I
0: I would say so. Okay.
1: And I saw that and I was already thinking about all these things and I'm like, yeah. So here's the deal. What I'm doing is I'm looking through at Everything that I have, audio file speakers, too many guitars, whatever I got going on, um, stuff that I don't need stuff. I don't use. I look at my house. I have a little bit of equity and I'm like, yes, I'm going to sell everything that I don't use thinking that if I sell this for 20 bucks on eBay, in my mind, what if that 20 bucks was actually a hundred bucks for the future? And strangely, we've talked about the dollar. I know we've gone a lot of places with this, and hopefully I'm not too far on the weeds. But dollars, this is weird. Okay. What is going to happen if you might want to think about selling assets, selling things, and holding cash? And what I mean by holding is maybe in like a brokerage account that the bank does not by law, they can't lend on it. Because the bank doesn't have all your money. You know that, right? Everybody knows that. Well, certain accounts, they have to keep that money. That means when you go there, they're not going to be like, sorry, we don't have your money. They have to have it. They can't lend on it. Well, that's what I mean by holding cash. And it would seem weird. We're talking about phantom dollars and a bubble. The problem is, remember the difference between fiat, like actual printed paper, which seems worthless enough. When this stuff starts sliding down, that actually becomes very, 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 very valuable, okay? Because when all this worldwide dollar banking with dollars that don't exist evaporate into default, those were dollars that were never even printed. They no longer exist. So guess what becomes scarce? Actual cash. It's weird. You don't think that cash would be a good place to be cash will be a good because we've been
0: conditioned to use the plastic debit card and just look at the numbers in the bank account. Very few people handle actual cash anymore.
1: And the inflation was being propped up by all those fake dollars that just evaporated into thin air. So now if you had $100,000 in a brokerage account, you actually really have something and the value and deflation of those dollars begins to go up while, while stocks and real estate properties just slide into maybe I would think, look at the world with 50% goggles. Some place it's going to be better than that. Other place it's going to be worse than that. Like if you're in the some uh, in Beverly Hills, it's going to be worse than that. You might want to put on 80% goggles and drive around. If you're in a regular place, a medium-sized city in the States or in the world, and you drive around, put goggles on right now and drive around and go, well, that house sold for three twenty dollars or three hundred. dollars that, That's a $150,000 house in your mind. If you're living in a $300,000 house and you can sell it and and pocket some equity, be very smart. Hold, sell, save, protect, and hold and wait. And, and that's kind of what I'm doing. That's what I believe. Um, some of you, maybe you're not going to be able to hold on to it. It would be a good time to rent. Um, it won't be the end of the world. If they do let it slide off a cliff, it's going to be super painful, but it will bounce back within a couple of years. It's not, oh, the apocalyptic end of the world. Will we see good times like we do now? Like, oh, yeah, the cocaine you know crack bubble that we live in now? No, it won't be that exaggerated, but a real economy will come out of it, and there will be new prosperity. But when you're sitting there, and if you have 100K in a brokerage account, the slide happens, you're renting, and you're holding, or you get out of your stock portfolio, or you just want to be in a strong cash position, when the bottom hits, then you, if you want to reinvest in Apple or Amazon or because everybody's going to slide, they're going to be deflated. But now that 80,000, that 50,000, that 5,000, whatever you've got, may be a multiple of five to 10 times what it currently is in value. So I hope it didn't lose people in the weeds. I don't normally do that. I'm not trying to give you, but that's the way that I'm living my life right now. I put those glasses on. And I'm going to start doing that. But can you imagine, Glenn, now we get to see what's real, yes. um, and, and I look around at the world around me. I look at myself. It's a time to be brutally honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. What is the scripture that talks about if you judge yourself, you won't have to be judged? That's not, I sound right. like Tevya, Right, yeah. <laughs> The good book <word> says, <laughs> judge yourself, something about a chicken. But it's... It, There is something there with that, and um, I just... uh, Yes,
0: and it also talks about the things that are done in darkness being shouted on the rooftops. Absolutely. And that's what we're seeing with 2020. And you started talking about this with me the other day, and it made perfect sense to me because I'm the guy that sits there in my car when I get home looking at the house and looking at other people's houses and the things that they have, saying, when is this going to pop? When is Because the laws of physics, what goes up has to come down. It makes sense. So I started to compare what you were saying to Scripture and with what we've got going on currently with current events. And what you're saying does line up with Scripture, with this way that we see God work throughout history. I've been feeling, and before you brought this up to me, God's been pressing upon me that there is going to be a redistribution of wealth. Not so that you and I can finally get the Get Real G6 that we've been <laughs> had on the wish list for so long, but so that his church and his people can do the work that he's called them to do. Because you've talked about it. We've got so many churches out there with so much money and they're just up there saying silly things. A stitch in time saves nine and people are throwing money at that. They like what they hear. They're itching ears. They're being entertained. Basically, it's an entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And with the churches being shut down right now, And we've said this on this podcast. There are going to be some churches that do not reopen. And I do not lament the churches that are not going to reopen. I do not lament the businesses that are not going to reopen. Now, there are people that are going to be affected by that. God is going to take care of them. The ones that were not involved in perpetrating the wickedness and the illusion of prosperity. Prosperity is an illusion in in most instances. But there's going to be, I really believe that there's going to be a redistribution of wealth. And I went through scripture to take a look and I went through history a little bit to see where has this happened? Is there a biblical precedent for this? And yes, there are several biblical precedents for a redistribution of wealth where those who were high in, living high on the hog, where their money and their economy was totally shaken and it was redistributed to those who have a heart towards the Lord wow and you and I we've been seeing this in our own lives we were talking about it before we came up here there's other people that I've been getting reports from where God is blessing them because they have their hearts towards God there's other people that we know they' they are being shaken hmm. their world is being turned upside down and
1: that's a mercy
0: and that's a mercy yes and in scripture where God says I am going to make the crooked places straight mm-hmm To us, that seems like calamity when you have a crooked place. Take a look at when you, well, the proper way to repave a road, what do you do first? You tear up all the old pavement before you put down the, you go through a destructive process. In the book of Isaiah, God says, I am the God of light. I am the God of uh, God who creates darkness. And I am the God who creates calamity Mm -hmm. and God's calamity. That's from our perspective of oh, this hurts because, ooh, I'm going to make this right. That's judgment, making it making it right. And it's a painful, shaking process. And without question, God is shaking. I think everybody, even if you don't believe, there is a shaking going on.
1: A global one. A global. I've Just never think th- about imagined it, like, this. 9-11 was a heavy thing. It was obviously localized in New York. It had a big effect, and that's not a show I want to get into, but it's like, but that, that happened in the United States. It had an effect on everything. This is something all over the world. Worldwide. Worldwide. What blows my
0: mind is when God shakes, he does it for a redemptive purpose. You can't have a harvest unless you first have a shaking. If we were all living, hey, life is great. I've got my Porsche. Life is good. I'm closing deals. You don't see a need for God. You don't see your own depravity. You cannot have a harvest until there's a shaking and you see where you got to go to Sinai. When Israel went to Sinai, the mountains shook. Mm. The the earth underneath their feet shook. That's where you got to go before you even make it to to Calvary. But God is God himself is screaming on the rooftop because let's take a look at this. COVID-19, the the height of COVID-19 this year pretty much coincided with Passover We had a worldwide, I don't think this has ever happened before. It could have historically. If somebody knows of an instance, please email us, let us know. But the entire world for Passover this year was told to stay at home and stay inside. Mm. So you go back to the judgment, judgment, you go back to the first Passover and you look at what happened after the first Passover. God was shaking There was a judgment, and then there was a shaking of the economy of Egypt. Think of this, Dan. The Bible says at least 600,000 Jews left Egypt. That's what Egypt's economy was based upon. It totally decimated it. But then wealth was redistributed when Israel left Egypt. This was the first shaking that I could find in Scripture. Uh, in Exodus twelve thirty-five through 36, it says, And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels and silver. I want to go back to that a minute. And jewels of gold and raiment. Then at verse 36, it said, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians.
1: So So that was sticky finger borrowing, or how was that? (laughs) Okay. They requested.
0: Okay, the Hebrew word for lend and borrow in this situation is both shawl, and it means both to lend and to borrow, but it means to request and then to give. This was, get this, Dan, this was a no interest forgivable loan. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Okay. And, but... Israel had to request this of the Egyptians. Huh. They just—it just didn't fall out of the sky to them. They had to put in an application, if you will. And I think I'm talking to some people right now. Huh. All right, uh, to get this, they—they uh, they never got this back. Uh, it never—it never went back to. It never went back to Egypt. So another redistribution of wealth in Scripture. There's three of them that I want to talk about that I want to talk about too historically. And we're going somewhere with this. All right. Because everything you've said just resounds in me. And when you were talking, brother, I mean, it is so good to see you back in the saddle again (laughs) from our talk radio days. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, tell me more. (laughs) Just tell me more. So then the Babylonian captivity, there was a redistribution of wealth. Isaiah prophesied that in Isaiah chapter 45, verses one through three. He wrote, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight, I am going to shake. I am going to shake. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut asunder the bars of iron. Some stuff is going to get messed up. And some people, there's some freedom that comes out of this. And then, oh, this is good stuff. Verse 3. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. So, the treasures of darkness... We're not just talking about wealth, but we're talking about a reclamation of the things that have been being used for darkness. The simplest example I can give is my best friend the raven. Who's been stolen by the occult as an occultic bird. That is God's bird, it is the it is the bird of the prophets, is the first bird that left the ark before the dove. Did. You're talking about the sky clock and the perversion of the use of the sky clock. That is all coming back to the church. We are going to be moving into a greater revelation of God through these things that have been stolen by the occult, but put in the proper context of scripture. If you cannot base it off of scripture and find it in scripture, it's been perverted. Yeah. Find. Go search scripture. What does it say in scripture about these things? Because God talks about these things And the other thing, and this is how this whole crazy podcast started, is the reclamation of the arts that have been perverted for darkness. Oh, heavy metals of the devil. No, that's God's music. He's bringing it back. And that's why when we hear so often, and even even not just metal, but when we hear in music, things of the Lord in there, Mm -hmm. it's that bubbling and that percolation of all to come out of the Babylonian captivity back to God. Yeah. No, that's powerful. There's more. And this is where it gets exciting. Do you
1: realize, quick note, um, some of the videos of The Economist and the different people that I've listened to, they were using some of the exact same words, like, this is going to be the biggest transfer of wealth in the history of the world that we know of.
0: And we're starting to see that with our friends and in our lives. This has been, for me, and I'm not saying I don't deserve it. I am not worthy of it. But God has put me in a very different position financially after years, ever since I graduated from college, of swimming in very cold, shallow water, wondering where the next paycheck is going to come from. Yeah. So then when Cyrus releases Israel to go back and to build the temple...
1: Are we preaching prosperity
0: we are it's all a perversion dan yeah. of god's true prosperity god's the one i can't demand of god god you know i'm going to command you to give me a million dollars a la peanut butter jelly sandwiches and it <laughs> happens it don't work that way god shakes it's yeah. hard yeah all right so when you look in the book of ezra cyrus's decree verse 2 ezra chapter 1 thus saith cyrus king of Persia. The Lord of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth. And remember, Cyrus was not even a Jew. He was not an Israelite. God hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. We are going to see... Brother David Wilkerson prophesied this, what, in the 1980s? Yeah. A third great awakening? I think we are on the verge of that. Who is the? And this is what Cyrus said. Who is there among you, all of his people... His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord of God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts beside the fruit, freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. It gets better. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah, And Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised, everybody, God's going to raise up helpers from very unusual places, raised to go to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And they were about them, strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods and with beasts and with precious things beside all that was willingly offered. Then you go to verse seven, and this is where it's cool, even cooler. Also Cyrus the king brought forth vessels of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem and put them in the house of his gods. The art that was in paganism was returned to the house of the Lord.
1: Interesting.
0: So that's Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. The book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. You and I, we we had experience with charismania and the charismatic movement, and we kind of want to throw the baby out with the bathwash. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, there is, I, be, I believe in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I believe that there is going to be another outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I've had individuals share with me some visions that they've had of rain, and outpourings of rain do represent outpourings. It's referred to in the scripture as the... The latter rain, you have the former rain and the latter rain, and that's the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is the day of Pentecost. And the second one is, is yet to come. So, but in Acts chapter two, it says this verses 41 through 45, we see a redistribution of wealth again and a shaking. And they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3000 souls. That's what this is all about. It's about people being saved. Because that's
1: what's real. That's the that's core. Real. That central, is the core. In the economy of God, that is real estate. That is the real thing. That
0: is it. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Shaking is spoken of next. And fear came upon every soul, not just those that believed, but upon every soul that was in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Hmm. The fear of the Lord and this fear that it talks about is dread Hmm. because many of them were unregenerate. Many of them had rejected Christ. Many of them sang about him while they were drunk and made his name a drinking song. And that's spoken of in the Psalms. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need says neither was there any among them that lacked for as many were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles feet and distribution was made to every man according as he had need wealth when God shook on the day of Pentecost and his spirit started to move there was a redistribution of wealth so historically where does this put us? Well, historically, we have to take a look at the nation of Israel for redistribution of wealth. The last two major world shakings that I remember, I didn't, wasn't around for them, but I remember from history class, were World War One and World War II. And after each of those major shakings, something came forth for the nation of Israel because God has not forgotten. Them. So after World War I in 19, uh, 1917, November 2nd, The Balfour Declaration came out of Britain. This was a statement of British support for the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. There was a redistribution of land wealth for Israel after World War I. After World War II, on May 14, 1948, Israel declared its independence from Britain as a result of UN Resolution 181, adopted in 1947, which partitioned. British, The British Mandate in Palestine for two states. You had a Jewish and an Arab state. So in my, on May 11th, 1949, Israel was admitted into the UN with full membership. Two major world shakings, World War I, World War II. You see a redistribution of land wealth to the nation of Israel. They get their land back from those who are holding it. that That land did not belong to them. So we're going through this shaking now. There are shakings that have occurred in Israel. They came very close to sacrificing a lamb on the Temple Mount this past Passover. I don't know if they were able to do it, but that was the result of a decree made by Donald Trump.
1: With the embassy or totally different?
0: A totally different decree that came out. I forget the date of it, but it came out after the decree of the embassy. Hmm. So what we're seeing here is we're seeing the unfolding of prophetic fulfillment. After this, I believe we're going to see something major occur for Israel, while at the same time, we are going to see a redistribution of wealth, not so that we can be wealthy and be like, oh yeah, God's blessed us and we're going to live the good, easy life now. It's for the purpose of the gospel and so that souls can be saved. That's the whole reason for this. So everything that you're saying about a deflationary depression and the leading of that to a redistribution of wealth... Those are sitting high and mighty in the high places right now. They are not going to be there. We've we've seen it with people that we know. And it's not like, oh, yeah, well, uh, we're better than them. No, it, that's not what this is. It's just that I look at this and I'm like, oh, God, this is amazing what you're doing. It's your hand. COVID-19, 9 plus 1 equals 10,
1: God's hand. Yeah. His hand wow. is in all of this. Then this was a chunky m- meatball casserole. I mean, he's doing something. We're seeing a historic moment. Like yes. Used to. We'd mention, man, the interesting stuff happened before we were born, right? I it, mean, did. it did. Occasionally, you'll have something. 9-11 was a big deal. You have this. But it's like, okay, this is unprecedented. This is something that 100 years from now, they'll be like, yeah, this is what happened. Well,
0: you remember learning about World War II and history. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, I would have like to have been a part of that because they were part of a major yeah, there was something. event. There was something, the greatest generation, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they were part of history. There's part of us that wanted to do
1: that. You know what? There was so much demonic central banking behind both of those. Oh, wars. yes. Oh, yes. And, and, and listen, y'all, it's like that usually is there is a very demonic connection between the lust and love for money. Money delivers all those things that um were offered to Jesus in the temptation, you know. Um,
0: and that temptation fascinates me. Here's Satan tempting Jesus, the king of the universe anyway, with his own goods. But it was out of timing and out of out of context the way that that it was given. It's like, "Oh, well, you follow me." Yeah, he's trying to dethrone the Lord is what he was doing in there. But very weird. Just shows you
1: how twisted Satan is. I mean, he's just twisted. And in reality, it's kind of when you understand the sovereignty of God and you understand how he uses the gauntlet, the swinging pendulums of providence, in a sense, he was tempting Satan with what could never happen. Yes. Think about it. You know, it's real. Yeah. It's totally paradoxical. <laughs> it's like he sat there and the Lord, he's like, I'm the great I am. You think you're going to outfox me? You know, I I am. Yeah. And you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I am. And you're like. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's just think about that all afternoon. I am. Yeah, no. Let's. You and I got to get a phone booth like Bill and Ted. We were joking <laughs> about Bill and Ted. Hey, gnarly old goat dude. <laughs> let's meet Socrates and Dave Beethoven at the booth. If you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it. My kids loved it. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Good but, classic uh, movie. No, this is good, deep stuff, Glenn. I don't know how to cap it off, but I do think... We don't need to. Yeah. Uh, Open-face uh, sandwich. A la carte. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Get Real Diner thanks you for coming and joining today and keeping proper social distance, as oh, you should. totally. Totally socially distant. No, this is a good meatball, and we probably scared you. A That's good. If you they don't listen and go like, these guys are a little bit on the deep end, then we're probably not hitting the mark. You know, it's... It's, uh,
0: here's, here's the strange paradox, Dan. When I hear that God's hand is on the move, I get excited. Yeah. I tremble at it in the proper fear of the Lord, the awe of it of, oh, wow, this is real. It's not the dread, dude. I mean, when we started back up after we took a little break after Christmas Mm -hmm. and, and we started in and you were like, we need to talk about the fear of the Lord. We need to talk about the fear of the Lord. Dude, the timing on that, we didn't know. Yeah. Okay. And I really have a hard time with all these people that are popping up now saying, Oh, I told you first that COVID-19 was (laughs) going to... No, you didn't. God's mysterious. He works in dark ways. Yeah. He works in dark ways. Now, I do know for myself, and this is something that I've learned. I know for myself because I was looking for all sorts of different career routes and everything like that while we were doing a lot of these podcasts before COVID-19, I was like, something's got to give. I This gerbils wheel is just, it's killing me. It's absolute. And I think a lot of our listeners were feeling the same ways. When is this gerbil wheel just going to stop because it just keeps going faster and faster and faster and you can't keep up. I got to pay my bills, got to pay my bills, got to go to work, got to pay my bills, got to go to work, got go to work, gotta pay my bills. And then all of a sudden it just stops. And we're in a Sabbath rest.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. For God's people, this has been a Sabbath rest. Our, some of our friends of the Get Real podcast, I've been talking to them by phone, by text. They're like, yeah, man, this time has been great. I've been, at, I, I've been out gardening. I'm not worried. God's got me. We've got income. He's providing. That's beautiful. Yeah. And he, God's doing that so that everybody else knows that he is the God of Israel, that he is the God of of your life. That's why he's doing it. He's doing it for his name's sake. It's got nothing to do with me, Dan, you, anything that you're doing right. It's got to do with, are you his?
1: Yeah. Well, take a look. It's the year 2020. Planets are going to report to the king, um, and God is shaking things and going to let you see exactly what is real. If anything in your life From marriage to career to the church you go to is not survivable in the sense of this is based off a bubble. This is based off ego. This is based off, you know, the beast banking system. This is based off of something you came up with. It's God's going to shake and reduce everything down to at least a place of reality in great light. And great light is usually followed by judgment. In a clearing away, a setting right of things. So in your life, look at things, call it, take a look in the mirror and look at it. R- what is really true? Where are you really at? And in a merciful way, I'm not talking about beating yourself up in a legalism. Legalism is false righteousness. God, what like, how about you and I both, we've remarked on this financially. We're like, oh God, these other people are su- su- suffering and you're unprecedentedly prospering me. Right now, and I feel almost guilty about it. But then I think, whoa, the cold water I've been in for a while, you are preparing me so when this happened that I can approach it without fear. Yes. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. No. And I'm looking at it. And then when I see people and I've seen just you being moved with generosity or I've seen just different things that have happened, and I'm like, I get it. That was building the character you know, that you appreciate what is real. Some of those scriptures, it was like, you know, goats and chickens. I'm taking it out of context, but it was like real stuff. Yeah. Real, tangible. It
0: wasn't a digit on a computer.
1: Right. So if your life is based off of the, the vanity of your Porsche convertible radiating the image that you want to portray so women pay attention to you, that's getting shaken. That's not real. If it's with a pure love relationship with a spouse or family member or whatever you got going on, that is real. That will stand the test. If it's, whoa, why don't we get a bunch of chickens and goats because we own this small family farmhouse, that's real. If it's about, whoa, I've got a block of gold or some silver coins, that's real. There's a reality to it. So, in the shaking, that still small voice of God comforting you and showing you, guiding your steps, and, um, going to be all right it's going to be what he wants and that's the overall flow with that that's the first step if you flow with god shaking everything to sober us up to get us in a position of really embracing what is real go ahead and judge yourself and embrace what is real you know that'd be a good name for a podcast embrace what's real get real no you know what Glenn. You may be on to something. Hey, I think we got a winner there, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. And we just hope and pray around the world that you uh, you do stay safe and and you were uh, edified by something that we said. This is uh, Don't Choke in a Meatball. Yeah.
0: And if you want to chime in, shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. LithosCry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. LithosCry.com.